0: As I have to say it. I'm not going to be Alabama coach. What, 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 what? How could you not predict at least 10 to 13 wins for next season? Is all I'm saying. But again, Jesus
1: Christ, 13 wins.
0: I listen. You know, I you said you want an opportunity to play, and the Jets are giving me an opportunity to play. Next I next just. am um, sorry. I just remember
1: that you compared Koseki to Kelsey. I'm sorry.
0: I did not. You know what? About it. I am ready to get hurt again. I'm not hurting today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not hurting at all. This is episode 9 of the Battered Fins Fans Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Bearded Fanatic. That's my co-host, at Battered Jets fan, Danny G. Danny, how
1: are you feeling today? I'm feeling, feeling uh, weird. A little weird. A little weird. A little weird. Yeah. We're gonna, yeah we're, I mean, we're, I'm we're, not going to get too do it. I mean, your Dolphin fans don't want to hear my weirdness. But, you know, I'm a little negative with Zach Wilson. I'm trying to be
0: positive. But I'm... I'm you, you guys are feeling a lot better than we are right now. That's right sure. now, for sure. For sure, right now we're feeling for a whole sure. lot better. And I know that we could get into a lot of things because a lot of things interesting happened today. I could go from the multitude of tweets. Even one Dolphin fan who looked really bad tweeted out, well, I guess Chris Crew is going to sit on his ass and not do anything today. Ha! That aged really well, by the way. Um, we could go to... Dan Orlosky calling us Super Bowl contenders, that he could definitely see us winning the Super Bowl this year. We could go to, um, oh, my God, Sam Altro. I think that's his name. I, I, it just slipped my mind right now. But he works with Joey Joy, um, Joy Taylor on first things. Listen, you know what? I'm just rambling right now because I'm trying to remember his name. But the all it is is positive news coming out for the Dolphins today. But let's backtrack a few days, right? Let's backtrack to the Lions game. And that Lions game, Danny, if a multitude of things happened for me watching that game. I've said what I said all season about the defense. We continue Which to was? bend. We continue to bend, but we don't break. We I show up a lot in that first half. Though. We, not, we show up when it matters. That's what that's what that's what's important. Um, but let's get into that first half because you brought it up. When you were watching that game, and I'll give you my two cents after you give me yours, when you were watching that game at any point in time as a do- person who's not a Dolphins fan, that you're like, oh, shit, the Dolphins are going to lose this one. When they went up
1: 14-0. When they went down the field that easily on those two drives, I was like, oh, shit, the Dolphins might get their ass kicked. But I told you last week that I thought it was going to be a shootout. I just didn't expect the Lions to go up the field as easily as they did. That was That was surprising to me.
0: So, do you think it, yeah. do you think it had anything to do with I don't want to say that the defense went in there like it's alliance they're one in 5 they really don't have anybody do you think there was anything from a defensive standpoint that you probably they probably undersold them they're like we don't have to be that worried about
1: them uh, you know what I, I could see a team like the bills doing something like that a team like the broncos even though the broncos haven't been doing well but their defense feeling that way going into a game like that when you have a superior defense and you're like uh, this is going to be a cakewalk but the Dolphins have something to prove their Dolphin the, your defense has left a lot to be desired I know that at home you guys have performed a little bit better but on the road you guys played like ass you guys have been really bad on the road how many points did you give up what was it 27 24 27 in the first half T- 27 so it's not like the defense has been playing well, so I would hope that they wouldn't go into a game unprepared or not full blazing because you would figure that they want to come and prove a point because, like I said, all season long, they haven't played
0: all that well. Well, and again, statistically, when you're speaking statistically, we haven't played that well. But one thing that's very important to me, and I've kept saying this same verbiage all season long so far, nine episodes in is – Everything is about the eye test. And when I yeah. look at the Dolphins defenses, I see corners playing hard. And I mean backup rookie corners, undrafted corners playing hard. I see Jalen Phillips are on the ball at all times, even though he's not getting the sacks. I, Emmanuel Ogba, again, another game where he's disappeared. But again, Zach Zehler, huge game from Zach Zehler playing this game. And when he got to Jared Goff, I, I felt ecstatic for him because a lot of people are like oh he's not better than christian wilkins you know he is what he is but dude that guy's a force to be reckoned with on that defensive line playing alongside christian wilkins and i think that's a, ma- a majority of the reason why zach seeler looks so good because he gets to play next to christian wilkins but let me tell you overall from the eye test perspective just looking at this defense i think they're better than what people give him credit for because statistically we look horrible i'm with you on that but Yeah, well, I mean, look, at the end of the day,
1: I don't know how how it is that they finally make that final determination as to who's the best defense. I don't know if it's points allowed, yards allowed. I'm not really sure how they do that. But you guys are 10th worst as far as points allowed. Like, you're giving up crazy amounts of yards through the air and through the ground. Like, I'm not sure. And what I think surprises me the most is the lack of pass rush up until today. The lack of pass rush that you guys had. And I don't know if that is the underlying theme of your defense this year is that because you can't press or so sorry, you can't get pressure on the quarterback, then your defensive backs are suffering because they – I mean, and then again, your, your injuries also, you can't play man-to-man. It's just, it's just been a, a slew of problems that you guys have had in the defensive end.
0: And a, a lot of it not even your fault because of the injuries. All right, so this next topic is still within the same game, but we're going to talk about the second half. And the reason I called it a big statement when even though it was against a one-in-five Lions is that second half – Defensively, let's go on the defense side first. All right. Uh-huh. Shut out. Zero yep. points. So yep. you can say what you want about what he did in the first half, but you make adjustments. It's a four-quarter mm-hmm. game. What do you see from the defense on the second half that you're like, all right, maybe I overspoke. Maybe I spoke too soon. I mean, Jared Goff,
1: he didn't seem like the same player that was playing with the same ease the first half. Yeah. I. There has to be a reason. That the lines are one and five. Obviously that you guys came and you guys did your thing in the second half, but Jared Goff just didn't seem like he was in the same room. And I, I'm guessing that it has a lot to do with your defense. But, I mean, like you said, it's kind of like Shaq. He said that he hits his free throws when they count. I mean, your defense showed up when it counts. and it, There it is. It just, it, you want them to show up in the second half. I mean, th- that's when they showed up. I mean, luckily I think- that you guys had the firepower to outscore them because – if they would have put up 27 points and you guys didn't have the offense that you have,
0: I mean, you still might've lost the game. And, and I want to get into the offense. I really do, but I still need to give some, some credit to this defense because that's exactly what my point is. Xavier Howard, he only had two tackles this game. No pass breakups. Zach Sealer, let's go back to him. He had two pass deflections at the line. He had, uh, sorry, I want to make sure that I say this correctly. He had four total tackles, three by himself One big sack. Again, big part of that defense. Javon Holland, 10 solo tackles and a pass breakup. Another keep component. Javon Holland is having easily a Pro Bowl season. Right. I I definitely could see him making the Pro Bowl this season. But my point is, before we go to the offense, is when you need this defense to show up, they put it together. And you know what? A lot of that credit, as people don't want to give it, I give it to Josh Boyer. He's making adjustments when a lot of people are like, maybe it was Brian Flores calling this defense in the second half of last season. Maybe not because Josh Boyer, he's the only key component that we kept from last season because you've hired, hired people like Sam Madison and Patrick Stanley to come in and help with the DBs. But for the most part, it's all been Josh Boyer. So I'm going to give him his, his kudos.
1: But you know what? I'll, and I'll give the defense credit for shutting him down in the second half because you need to make adjustments in the NFL. That's all it is. The first drive is scripted. That's why the offense usually plays so well on the first drive. After that, it's all about adjustments. So he's making the right adjustments at halftime. But my question is, at what point do you blame him for the lack of adjustments during the first half? At what point do you get on him for having a bad game plan that allowed the Lions to go and score 27
0: points in the first half? Because that's a lot of points to put up in one half. I agree. Let me ask you a question. Uh, And by the way, we're not talking about the biggest thing that happened this game. How many possible penalties can you call on one team in one single game? This... Like, I get it. We came into this game as a very high-penalized team. But yes, I don't know if you the saw highest. this. I, I'm going to check that out because you might be the highest. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this. But at one point, Mike McDaniel walked over to the sideline, looked at his defensive coordinators, his defensive staff, and he literally said, bro, we need to fucking fix this shit and walk that the fuck shit off. up." <laughs> and, and, and that was my same mentality. But you know what? I like the way he did it. It wasn't getting rambunctious with his defense. It wasn't calling anybody out. He literally just looked at his coaching staff and said, clean this shit up. And Danny, again, from a person who didn't want Mike McDaniel first just because of the experience, this guy has won me over easily. But let's talk about where the real credit goes. By the way,
1: you guys are are in fifth place for most penalties. I I figured. You guys are fifth with 55.
0: You're and tied I think we had fourth. I'm sorry, you're tied for fourth with 55 with the Cowboys. And I think we had 45 this past game, just in this game alone. But <laughs> let, so let, you're tied let's, for fourth. Well,
1: I, just in case anybody's wondering, you're tied for fourth with the Cowboys, 55. Saints yeah. are third with 57. Yeah. Seahawks in second with 60, and the Broncos way ahead of everybody with
0: 70. Wow, that's terrible. Yeah. Also, that new terrible. coaching. Also, new coaching. So if you want to chalk it up to that, I think there's a few I teams guess. in between. That, that is still rough. have the same coach, but that's that is rough, sir. What else does Tua have to do? And the reason I'm setting it up this sign like this, this tag like this is because what were what were some of the main things? We don't have to go into it, but I'm saying what were some of the main components about the complaints about Tua this upcoming season? He doesn't have the arm. He mm-hmm. his decision making is terrible. Um, I, he, well, to be
1: fair, I've never heard the decision making terrible. I've always heard that he's very accurate. We've seen that he's very accurate. Yeah. I think the biggest question was, can he get the ball downfield yeah. accurately? Not even accurately. Can he get the ball downfield, period? Yeah. And can he do yeah. it consistently? And I thought after the Ravens game, I thought that was put to bed. Yeah. But he's continues to do it. Now, I think it helps that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are so fast that they get separation, right? So even if the ball is on the throne, you still have a nice radius to work with because Tyreek Hill
0: creates so much space. But regardless, you can't take that credit away from Tua. Tua's getting it down there. Let me ask you a quick question. Let's break this up in two sides. When you look at this game and you watch this game, right, mm-hmm. the only person he's underthrowing, and we're going to put underthrowing in quotation marks here, is Tyreek Hill. Do you see the dimes that he drops to Trent Sherfield? Do you see the dimes that he drops to Jalen Waddle? Jalen Waddle, that one in the end zone. That was a dime, sir, and it was uh-huh. a 37, 38 yard pass. So it wasn't like right there. What I'm saying is, there's other quarterbacks that could underthrow Tyree Kill because of just how quickly he gets down the field. And I don't think yeah, that at, be some point, you gotta, you, at some point you got. At some point you got to. Like I, I figure the
1: first couple games, but at some yeah. point with practice and everything, you got to get that going, right? Like that chemistry needs to build.
0: You got to get used to that speed. I'm sorry, Mahomes, he's not had, go him, from Mahomes home. had him for a few seasons that he would still underthrow Tyreek Hill at times. Maybe. I'm not comparing uh, that, their arm that, strength. That I can't speak to. I'm not doing that. I'm not comparing their arm strength. I still think Patrick Mahomes has a stronger arm. He's up there with the Josh Allen to the world. What I'm right. saying is Tua wouldn't be the only person that under underthrows Tyreek Hill. Well, ha- have you heard absolutely anybody say anything negative about Tua since Sunday? Because I well, think that he's put he's put pretty much everything to bed. I didn't until one person, until the same guy, and, and, and I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, you know who I'm talking about. He works with Joey Taylor. Um, he came out and said that Tua Tungaloe is obviously, we should put it to rest, that he's obviously the better choice over Justin Herbert. And that that swirled. Look, that face. That face I you just know. did. That I don't swirled know. So many people the wrong way. We had people in our fantasy football chat literally going back and forth about it. But Danny, God, I have to say I agree. Mm -hmm. I have to say I'm wrong, but wrong from this standpoint. Mm -mm. I am wrong from the standpoint that I thought that Justin Herbert was leaps and beyond the much better choice in Tua Vailoa. Okay, That's where I feel I was wrong at. I thought the barometer wasn't even close. I said the only reason he was playing that well in college is because of the amazing talent around him. And I still stick to that. But guess what? With a not so, I, I'm still not ready to say this all line is anywhere near decent. I think it's okay. We haven't reached a decent level yet. I think Carter Williams playing great. When Teron Armstead plays, he stops everybody on that left side. But
1: I, had, I saw some people on Twitter saying that Armstead was the greatest left tackle they've ever seen in their lives or something.
0: I okay, know. okay. They yeah, haven't I, see, they haven't seen too many left tackles. Then I think but, that kid must
1: have been 12. The one I wrote that. Right, right,
0: right, right. Then then, it, then it's understandable, but. I think that I am wrong in that aspect. And I'll let you give me your two cents about that comment. But he is definitely not leaps and beyond the much better choice for the Miami Dolphins. Tua, with the team that's been built around him, he could take us to the dance. But go ahead. I, I gave you the two cents about what the video was about. Give me your feedback on it.
1: Well, what I was going to tell you is that Justin Herbert, I feel... And, you know, let me, let me know what you think about this. Yeah. I feel like Justin Herbert has been performing since his rookie year with less than Tua has this season. Tua has literally the best duo at receivers. Yes. Justin Herbert had, was it Mike Williams' name? Yeah. I I forget who it was. It was Mike Williams? Mike Williams. Other than that, what big name does he really have? I'm sure he has other players, but nobody that comes to mind right off the top of my head. Tua has been equipped with the two fastest receivers, or at least the fastest duo receivers in the league. He has Mm -hmm. what you and I agree is a top five tight end, if put into the system. Not top three, but top five. So I feel like he has been equipped with a great roster and a very – everybody says he's a genius. I think he's a good offensive coach in Mike McDaniel. So I think that Tua has been put in like the perfect situation for him to succeed. I saw Kurt Warner. uh, He tweeted out. He said, I still think that Tua has one of the weaker arms in the NFL, but he's still an accurate passer, still has a high IQ, and with Mike McDaniel, he's in the perfect situation with the roster around him. So yep. he's he's like he's in the perfect situation. I really do believe he's in the perfect situation. Now, if you put Tua Tagovailoa on the Jaguars, if you put him on the Jets, if you put him on the Colts, is he still going to have that success? I'm not sure. But with Justin Herbert, I feel like if I go and I drop him on just about any other team, that he might be successful. I'd take Justin Herbert over Zach Wilson right now. Okay. I don't know if I would take Tua over, Zach
0: Wilson, on this Jets roster right now. I don't know if I would take him. All right, so I, I agree with most of what you said, that if you were yeah. to drop Tua on the worst team in the NFL, is he going to have the same stats? Of course not, because half of those very accurate throws that he's throwing, he's throwing to the, basically the top two, five wide receivers in the NFL right now. Uh-huh. So I agree with that standpoint. But I also agree with the other point that you said, that you feel like what Tua is currently playing with this season – Outweighs what um I'm sorry, what uh Justin Herbert is currently playing with. But then that same applies to Justin Herbert's rookie season when he won rookie of the year. The Dolphins were dreadful when when Tua finally got put in for Brian Fitzpatrick, and they were yanking him a lot as yeah, well. Yeah, but
1: yeah, about to say, but that doesn't that doesn't count. Like Brian Flores was messing with that kid. He kept yanking him in and out in fourth quarter and stuff. Tua never even
0: had a shot. And, so and we never and really got four. we never really got to see Tua. So can we say that this is technically his rookie season where he has a coach that believes in him, he's put a rock. I, I beat- would say
1: it's his rookie season because he has a quite a
0: number of games in before this I, season. I
1: don't know what you're talking but, about, I think he got but, you know
0: he missed a few in between.
1: But I, I, I do agree. This is the first year that he's well equipped. Now, if Justin Herbert was on that Ryan Fitzpatrick team, do you think uh, Justin Herbert gets pulled from those games? I don't think so. I think Brian Flores, as much as he disliked Tua. If he thought Tua could win on those games, he would have left him in. Everybody's in the business of winning. And if he really thought that Tua was going to give him the best chance to win, he wouldn't have yanked him. I think he doesn't yank Justin Herbert if he's on the field at that point. But that's that's years ago. Nobody cares about that. This Correct. year right now, Tua is balling. I don't think anybody's saying
0: anything else about Tua. All you got to do is make sure you keep him healthy and well, he should be okay. So then, so then give me the answer to that question. Justin Herbert this year to Tua this year, who are you taking? Depends. Are, are we taking – are we talking Dolphins
1: offense against Chargers offense? Or are we just talking about I get to pick one of these two quarterbacks? Because right if I just now, get to pick one of these two
0: quarterbacks, I'm taking Justin Herbert. All right, so you're still not a believer. What I'm saying is right. regardless of what the offense is right now, Tua has shown me enough where I would take him right now over Justin Herbert. That's okay, just no. that's just a realization no, that I I've it. come to. I that, that I thought it was leaps leaps in years beyond what Tua could potentially bring to the Dolphins, and I was ex- ex- I was extremely wrong on that. But by the way, my first name is Emmanuel. And by the way, I should have remembered his name is Emmanuel Ocho. That's who works at Joy Taylor. I should have remembered that. He's the one that dropped that comment. He dropped another comment before we get into this one. And we're going to call it, sir, I got a chubby. (laughs) And the reason I got a chubby is not because we got Bradley Chubb. We got a young Bradley Chubb sir and I know I know you're going to bring up some stats for us to talk about but the thought process of having just follow me here Bradley Chubb Jalen Phillips on opposite ends right both really young guys you have Javon Holland you have Brandon Jones and you still have Xavier Howard who's relatively young with a solid middle linebacker not great solid middle linebacker and Jerome Baker Christian Wilkins, by the way, another young piece. Would this not give you a chubby if you were a Dolphins fan? I, I have to know. Well, I, I'm going to answer your question with a question. Of course he is. What do you
1: think was the biggest weakness of your defense this year? Because I know you say that you that they're bend but don't break, but they're bending like crazy. Getting so, to the quarterback, 100%. What, so I, and I think you just addressed that. Yes. Now, after that pass rush, I think your secondary is still a bit weak. Because of, of the injuries. Yeah. So do you think that adding Bradley Chubb is gonna fix what's been wrong with your defense? Because I know it's been bend but don't break, but it's only so much you can bend. You've seen in some fourth quarters where they've been bending so much that eventually they do break in the force. Like, is this gonna do you in your mind, does this change the defense?
0: Yes. And I don't wanna steal, I don't wanna steal this in inform- oh, this guy's point of view because this is exactly what he said, because that was a question that was proposed to him. He said the Dolphins have basically had to zero blitz their, the hell out of their team and leave a lot of gaps in the backfield to try to get to the quarterback because as of right now, they weren't able to get to the quarterback, with is a three- and a four-man rush. Right mm-hmm. now, with the addition of Bradley Chubb, they're going to be able to do that. So when you would bring a nickel in to blitz the quarterback, when you bring a safety to come in and blitz the quarterback to try to get more pressure and get them off the field, now adding Jalen Phillips on one side, adding Bradley Chubb on the opposite – now that same, but Jalen component- Phillips
1: hasn't done much this year, though. Like that, th- that's the disappointing part is that he he has
0: him and Akma hasn't had much Akbar. this year. But but it's also been a lot of double teams sent his way. Jalen Phillips hasn't been getting beat or being held up one on one. There's always a tight end tight end rubbing. There's always a guard double teaming him. There's always a running back punching him off the line, and he's still seconds away from getting to the quarterback. So what I'm saying is that one player that you were to bring in or that extra. Couple of players that you bring into blitz, now they can stay back and cover somebody like Stephon Diggs. Now they can stay back and spy on on Josh Allen. And his point is, if Tua is as good as I believe he is, the Miami Dolphins can be as good as the Chiefs and Bills. Hint: they've already beaten the Bills this season. The point is that when we face these teams later on down the road and potentially in the playoffs, right? If there's a game where we need to get to the quarterback and we're playing in pitiful weather. Like let's say a a Buffalo Bills game in January. We know that those games are like pitiful because it's probably going to be at their house. Just let's get that out of the way. It's probably going to be at the Bills home if we play the Bills. Now you have the type of proponent of defensive starters on each side of that ball of who am I going to double team? Who am I going to free up? So if you're going to double team Bradley Chubb, Now you're going to see a lot of one-on-ones with Jalen Phillips on the opposite side. You still have Zach Zeller coming up the middle. You still have Christian Wilkins coming up the middle. So, Danny, what I'm saying, and I still want an answer to my question, is if you had these amount of young stars on your team, because you have some pretty good studs on your team as far as as young stars, you'd have to get pretty excited about not just what this season brings, but the future of it.
1: No, for sure. And we were just bringing up Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips. Highest pass rush win rate. Bradley Chubb is third in the league behind – Mika Parsons and Miles Garrett, and those are those and are Phillips is, and Phillips is ninth. You have two in the top ten right now, and Phillips is only guy
0: in what? How many sacks does he have this year? He pro- I I I don't know, but I know that it's the max three, but, no no more than four. But like you
1: said, he hasn't gotten them, but he's been getting close. Yeah. So the fact that you have Bradley Chubb on the other side now is definitely going to help him. Obviously. So, your defensive line looks like it's nice and beefy. You're set at defensive line. Your linebackers are okay also. My question to you is your defensive backs. Now, I think that that's where you're going to need help. I was talking to my brother today, and I told him, I don't think Xavier Howard has played like he's played. This isn't old Xavier Howard. I don't know if it's because, you know, you're you're not playing man-to-man. He has to get accustomed to zone a little more often now that, that you guys aren't going zero blitz. Like, I'm not really sure what it is, but he hasn't been the same Xavier Howard as of- from the past.
0: Byron Jones, is he out for the season? So they still have him on IR. He still hasn't returned from IR. So that's another big loss. I mean,
1: that at this point, that's going to be your weakness, but I think with a strong front
0: and that covers up a lot of the defensive backs weaknesses. And that's my point. The point that you'd be able to rush now with just Jalen Phillips, Emmanuel, I'm sorry, Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, even switching on Emmanuel Ogba for some rest with Zach Zeiler and Christian Wilkins, that's just, let's say, the front four, front five. Just using that pressure frees up your linebackers to drop into coverage more. That that gives your DBs a little bit more time, these young DBs, a little bit more time to keep up with those right receivers. And that leads into the next point. I'm going to do the one, one thing I've never done is, Danny, you've never heard me utter the words, and I still won't utter the words, this is our year. But God damn it, we're flirting with it. We are flirting with the potential of what the, Chris Gear is building here in Miami. You may hear me utter those words sometime soon, but right now it's getting very sexy. And by the way, uh, Jalen Phillips, like I like I said, it was only three sacks this season so far.
1: Yeah. So you're 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 you're
0: you're getting there where you think that there. this might be your year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't see it yet, but the ten, the 10 to thirteen wins, I was hoping uh, that that you hear us discussing. That seems like potential right now.
1: Well, I can see us you, not- easily
0: be ten and three by the time we, we play the Bills again. Well, I was about to say, you're definitely in the soft part of your schedule coming up right now.
1: Yeah. So yeah. that's good. You can get you can get a couple knockouts, a couple wins. Um until I see Bradley Chubb actually make that that difference, difference. and okay. for your defense to finally show up and like I thought they would at the beginning of the year, that's when I'll start thinking, okay, maybe they do have a chance. But until I actually see it with my eyes on the field that Bradley Chubb is going to – and it won't be this weekend because Chicago sucks. So if they do it this weekend against Chicago, it's it's still not going to be impressed. Daddy's going to be like, give me one more. Give me one more week and then we can talk about it. Jesus Christ. The Chicago Bears have one of the sorriest offenses you'll ever see in your
0: life. So they definitely should look better this this week. What about the Browns? We're not going to talk about the Browns, but what what if he – What if we outplay the Browns the way the Browns outplayed the Bengals this past this!
1: Look at this. Your defense, Bradley Chubb is going to win defensive player of the year based off of the next three games. Because everybody's going to be like, look at the difference he just made. You guys have Chicago, horrible offense. Jacoby Brissett with Cleveland, horrible. Then you have a bye week to rest up. And then you have the Texans. Oh, my – what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yes, I think that, that – I think if – obviously, the next three weeks, the defense should show up and play well against these three teams. But after that, you have San Francisco, the Chargers, and then the Buffalo Bills. Those three weeks will tell me – even before that Bills game, depending on how they look at San Francisco and L.A., I will tell you, you know what?
0: You guys have a chance at the Super Bowl. Those okay. are the two games I'm gonna wait for. All right. So we're gonna pause it. We'll pause on this subject until then. But a couple quick points before we move on to the bears. Uh Raheem Mostert, 14 carries, 64 yards this past game. I thought that when he got the opportunity to run the ball, he ran the ball effectively. Thank God Chase Edmonds is gone. A lot of people were I, I don't know. I don't know if people don't watch the games like we do, Danny. I, I don't know if they don't, but well, you know, they were so sad that he left. Yeah, we're like, oh, we lost Chase Edmonds. Oh, my God. I mean, like, yay. You should be they saying yay, not oh, my they God. did see all those drops he had? Uh, drops. The, he was averaging two two yards from the line of scrimmage. It's like, all right, listen. He just wasn't built for this offense, or he was just having a bad year. But, but who the is that guy that you guys got from the Niners? Jeff Wilson. And you know what? If you want to be a oh, – or if you don't know who Jeff Wilson is, you don't know what you're talking about. Sir – of people saw Jeff Wilson and they're like, who? I I don't know who Jeff Wilson is. Mike McDaniels knows him well, right? And that's why he wanted him. And That's why that matters. Let me tell you, another great thing. We we kind of touched on this. Tyra Kill, Jane Waddle. Best one and best two wide receiver combo in the NFL right now. One topic before we move on. Do do you think both of these guys will break 1,300 yards this offseason? Because this was brought up by, I believe, Michael Irvin. He goes, This might be the first time that you see two wide receivers break 13,000. Y- I'm sorry, 1300 yards this upcoming season. And he thinks that Tyree Hill could finish season with almost 2,000 yards. All
1: right. The 2,000 yards, I think, is a little out of hand. I think you yeah. should bring it back a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But the 1300 yards, I think it's possible, uh, especially since we play 17 games now. It's never yeah. been done. But remember, this is only gonna be the second time that we play 17 games. Right. They average almost 100 yards a game. So. I could definitely see with that extra game, definitely. Jalen Waddle, I mean, he had a couple games where he was just completely off, but he came alive this game. I think that was the that was the the brightest part of this game is finally seeing Jalen Waddle get into the end zone because the issue you guys have is that you guys move the ball down the field. You get in the red zone, but then it's like you don't look for Jalen Waddle or Tyree Kill. I don't know if it's because of their size or what it is. There's, there's – the field shrinks, and that's when you usually have those big body targets. But you guys yeah. don't like using McKesecki for whatever reason. Yeah, we're using but, this game. You know, yes. But, you know, Jalen Waddle finally getting into the end zone. Why doesn't Tyreek Hill
0: ever get used in the red zone? Here's my thing as well 20, 29 of 36, 382, three touchdowns. Again, very good with the ball. Should have had, Should've four, had touchdowns. four touchdowns. That Trent Sherfield. listen, I get it. You're at the one yard line. McPittella's like, I don't want to lose a timeout. We're gonna get in, regardless. Great play call to get it in with, um, oh my god, our fullback. My it, his name escapes you right now, but the fact is, I get why he didn't challenge it. But we all knew it, Dolphin fan or not. That Trent, there was shadow underneath his legs when he crossed the plane. He should have had four touch on, the Trent Field should have got in the end zone.
1: And. You know what? And I'm disappointed because I called for 40 points and I felt like you, you guys should have scored 40 points because I told you the offense is finally, I don't care what you guys say, anybody listening, your offense hasn't looked good this year so far. It's looked okay. It's gotten close to the red zone, but it hasn't punched it in. I knew that they would finally punch it in against the Lions. And now you're going to come and mollywop Chicago, mollywop Cleveland, <laughs> mollywop Houston. And everybody's going to be like, that's it, the Dolphins are Super Bowl contenders. Maybe. We'll see. But definitely, you guys got to take care of business. You had you took care of business against the Lions. Had to
0: happen. And you got the next three games. You guys got to take care of business also. Well, let's look ahead then. We're, we're, let's look ahead to the Chicago Bears in Chicago, Danny. Uh, quick tidbit about this game. Um, Gamecast, let's go there. Um, you know, I like looking at Gamecast before, uh, before we pick this game. Let me bring it up for you. It's a one o'clock game. Dolphins are seventy percent favorites, but only a five point favorite. What does that do to you right there? That we're only a five point favorite in Chicago. By Just the a way, couple things. by the way, and they traded Roquan Smith the week we play them. Love that. Thank I you, know, Baltimore.
1: That's crazy. Uh, a couple of things. One, you're on the road, so that's like a three points right there. Yeah. Right.
0: Second, they have the fifth best pass defense in the league i see that giving up under 200 yards so
1: obviously it's not going to be a walk in the park but they got rid of the two best linebackers this week i don't
0: know who else they got they must have gotten rid of somebody else they just clean in house at this point i think they they, they traded for Ch- for chase claypool but we just played him when he was on Steelers. he didn't do anything against us but they are and i don't believe in justin fields but they allow the second rushing yards. 156 yards per game right now they're averaging. So if you if there was a week for Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert to eat, you figure it's this week. This is going to be the week that
1: you guys have to rely a little bit on the running game. Not that they can stop Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, yeah. but if the run's going to work, go with the run. I don't know what the weather's going to be like. It's still not too cold. It uh, should be cold, but it's not going to be too cold. i uh, look looking but- up for you right now. But the weather isn't going to be anything out of hand. I I, I do think that you 52 are in point. Degrees. Yes, that's, that's, that's beautiful weather. Beautiful weather. So, look, I said that you would put up 40 against Detroit because Detroit's defense sucks. The Bears are a bad team offensively, but defensively, they're a little more – they're better. They're like the Broncos, for example. The yeah. Broncos have a great defense, but a bad offense. I think that you guys obviously will win. I don't think that the Bears have a chance All to All right, beat so let's pick it. Let's go. I don't think they have a chance to beat you guys, but I do think that you guys are not going to pull up the numbers that you would have against the Lions, and like you will against, let's say, the Browns or the the Texans. I think you guys put up 24 points. I think the Bears put up 7, 10. (laughs) I I don't believe in them. So so I'm going to say 24. Didn't the Lions put up like – not the Lions. The Cowboys put up like 49 on them.
0: Yeah, it, it, it was definitely a, it was definitely, I think, 40 something at one point, but you know what the, the Bears offensive also, also woke up, you know. They, yeah, I think, yeah, they I scored think
1: 29.
0: Yeah, so I, I'm not as convinced as you are. I'm gonna go back to what I said before we played the Lions. I don't think any of these games are gimme games because any given Sunday or any given Thursday. Yeah, but if, if, if you play it like that, we can never pick a game because no, obviously, any I given it. Sunday, every... No, no, but what I'm saying is people will be like, oh, it's the Bears. We're automatically going to win. I, My mind can't think that way. I can't think that it's an automatic win any week. I would have picked the Bengals to, be, to beat the Browns. I would have figured it would have been a close game. I get it. Jamar Chase was out. But I I wouldn't have expected what the Browns did to the Bengals right now. That's fine. But what the Bears did to the Buccaneers, for example, nobody expected it. But I'm okay with
1: everybody saying the Buccaneers are going to win this game. I understand that it's not exactly what's going to happen. but. Like they should win those games.
0: All oh, right. And I think yeah. we the Dolphins should win this game. So that's what I'm gonna go with. The Dolphins will win this game. And, and offensively, I I was gonna go with 24. I felt more comfortable with 21, 24 around that range. I think I respect the Bears' defenses a little bit more, at least their, their passing defense. Um if him, most yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I agree with the with the point spread that you gave oh, us. Okay, okay, okay. Um, as far as their offense, um Herbert, their running back. He's put a 563 so far on the ground this season. And there's been times where running backs have gashed us. So I think he may have a decent game, maybe 80 yards running on us. Um, I think he, he might break the end zone at at least once or twice. I think Justin Fields, the escapability of Justin Fields um, outside of Lamar Jackson. And you saw what Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson did to us. um, Josh Allen was also running on us. So when you have these type of athletic quarterbacks, I don't know if I'm, I'm convinced already that we could stop athletic quarterbacks. So I can see Justin Fields breaking for a touchdown as well. Ultimately, I see us winning this game. I'm going more for like a 24-17, 21-17, that we, we, and we escaped Chicago with a dub. Man, I don't know. I,
1: I think Bradley Chubb is going to make a difference game one. He's okay. going to be active this week, I would assume, right? I would Tuesday. assume as well because
0: it's only Tuesday. Right.
1: So it's only Tuesday. So I would assume he's going to be active. I think that he's going to make a difference right off the back. You guys are going to be feeling really good about yourselves after next Sunday once he gets a sack, Phillips finally gets to the quarterback twice, and um, maybe Ooh. even Xavier Howard gets a pick. I like so it. So you guys are gonna be feeling really good because like, oh, My de- our defense now has matched our offense, and I think that after after next Sunday, you guys
0: are gonna be singing that stupid Dolphins anthem really loudly. You know what? I appreciate that, but you're you're, you're I'm looking ahead to the games that you said. I'm looking. I'm looking ahead to those 49er games, LA. The Bills, again. Those are the games that I need to see to believe in you guys. No, no. But it,
1: I know how it is to be a fan. You guys beat up on the Bears, and everybody's going to be like, that's
0: it, we're in the Super Bowl. Right, but I can't be that person because I think too logically about these games and don't get ahead of myself. I look at things. You know what? I feel like a player. I'm going on a week-to-week basis and only looking at the opponents that are ahead of me. But when you want to talk about statement wins, right, and we'll we'll, we'll close it out in here. You want to shut everyone in the NFL up, every media personality, every other fan base? Beat Buffalo and Buffalo. Beat the hell out of them. Beat them. Just beat them. Not, oh, a tip passed at the end of the game, ran back for a touchdown. Uh, no. R- beat them decisively that you controlled the game, let's say, on the ground, in the air, whatever it may be. You beat a team like that decisively, no one in the NFL will question what the Miami Dolphins are, and that's just my two cents on that. I agree. All right. I agree ladies and gentlemen this was episode 9 of the battered Fins fans podcast I hope you enjoyed as always like subscribe if you feel like you know we should touch on something else if you think we should change something about the show drop the comments underneath and we're going to catch you next week for episode 10 of this ep- of this show Danny we out of here I'm uh, looking forward to next week when you guys are singing Super Bowl <laughs>